my why is really about wanting to democratize entrepreneurial activities and opportunities. So entrepreneurship, we all know, you know, it's critical for economic success. All the metrics show it, all the research shows it, but the on-ramp into entrepreneurship is still not democratized enough to bring enough people on board and to give people the opportunities to do that. Hi, and welcome to Women CEO in Reflection, a podcast dedicated to personal growth and mental health discussions with women CEOs across the globe. It's here where inspired women get candid about what drives them to succeed and the personal challenges they've encountered on their path to success. So if you're a woman on a mission, this is the podcast you don't want to miss. So sit back, relax, and let's get candid. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Women CEOs in Reflection podcast. I'm your guest host, Ilana Pruce, founder and CEO of Recast City and author of Recast Your City, How to Save Your Downtown with Small-Scale Manufacturing. Today, I have Kathleen Hale as our guest to talk about why we do this work, what inspires us, and what about our community makes a big difference. Kathleen, welcome and great to have you here today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be on this podcast that has just had so many fantastic women join, so I feel honored to be a part of it. Wonderful to have you here. So as an entrepreneur and an investor and really this a partner and, and founding team member of Builders and Backers, I have to ask you, what's your why? Why do you do this, what you do? And what about all of this, your role at Builders and Backers motivates you to do this work? For me, my why is really about wanting to democratize entrepreneurial activities and opportunities. So entrepreneurship, we all know, you know, it's critical for economic success. All the metrics show it, all the research shows it, but the on-ramp into entrepreneurship is still not democratized enough to bring enough people on board and to give people the opportunities to do that. But also for me, my why is that I have seen in my own life, in my father's life, in family members' lives, how being able to be an entrepreneur is just such a life-changing impact on the individual, on their family. It's the greatest opportunities for people to be able to build their own wealth. It's some of the greatest opportunities for people to be able to have uh, flexibility for themselves, for their families. And the sheer satisfaction and joy that comes from seeing something that you thought up actually come to life is genuinely something that I want anyone who has an idea to be able to experience. So that's really the why behind the work that I do at Builders and Backers. I love the basis of what you're talking about, that it's not just about this on-ramp, but it's also about how we're creating more opportunity for people to build wealth. Can you share if there's a specific person or experience or moment that really made a big difference to help you get to this point with your work? Yeah. So for the way that my partner, Donna Harris, and I think about lots of endeavors in our lives, both in the ventures that we have built before and what we're doing now and what we teach the folks that we work with is around experiments. Um, and so for Donna and I, we had a hypothesis that we could help equip people in a virtual setting who had no entrepreneurial experience to be able to take an idea and turn it in to something in the real world 
in about 90 days, virtually just meeting with us and a couple and a cohort of people. And we could use this framework to get their ideas into action. So the and initially for our business, it was just the two of us. We did everything. We were all the hacks, like lots of uh, entrepreneurs, right? And we ran 15 people through an initial cohort in the summer of 2021. And I very vividly remember when we did our wrap up sort of capstone event with that group of people and they started going around and, you know, it was this crazy, like, oh, this whole, this summer, everything was going so fast and you, you like know some things are happening, but then we got on the final call and everyone's going around and saying what they did, what they learned, what they built. And it, it was like, wow, our hypothesis was right. Like this worked. And those 15 people, we were so grateful for them taking a chance and joining us <laughs> and uh, being a part of our early experiment that allowed us to go, okay, we learned lots of things. We do a lot of things differently, but there's a core thing here that works that we can now build on. Now, and it's looking, a- I was going to say that when I'm looking at this and coming up with the ideas, it's amazing to see what ideas that are out there that's not been presented before and be able to put them into practice. That's the exciting thing that there's so many different things that people can do to make life easier for people, do mm-hmm. certain things, ideas that are innovative or disruptive. That's exciting when you get to see those and then how able to build it to where it goes, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Donna and I and have been all around the country and Donna all over the world talking to people with entrepreneurial ideas and really believe, yeah, there are ideas out there. We have some statistics from some research around three out of five people have an idea for a business. Only about 92% of them never do anything with that idea or are, take some steps, but aren't quite sure what to do. But then you start uncovering these ideas and it's like, wow, this is incredible. Um, you know, we have everything from a mom in Clarksdale, Mississippi, whose son required a feeding tube that she created a bendable arm feeding tube that could attach um, to a bedside, a stroller, a hospital bed. And she wasn't quite sure what to do with it, but she's been able to stand that idea up. She's doing over almost a half, like almost a half a million dollars in revenue. Um, you know, and again, like this isn't a place in the US where do we think of Clarksdale, Mississippi as like innovation? central? No, not necessarily, but that doesn't mean that there aren't ideas there and we should think about it differently. Um, I have another woman in Northwest Arkansas who's a retired Latin teacher who is creating a very profitable uh, fertilizer product made out of the disregarded fish guts at the large catfish plants (laughs) that are in um, in her city. And these were things that were just going in the trash. She's taking them and turning them to an environmentally friendly fertilizer that is very highly profitable. So these are the kinds of ideas that, yeah, definitely get us excited to be able to pull out and and help uh, bring to life. And I love one of the things that you guys focus on that is really about creating these opportunities and helping people build wealth in, in communities where they haven't had that opportunity before. Um, and and really reaching into communities as a way to do this. 
um, not just sort of glossing over a place, but, but going deep in a place. Can mm-hmm. you tell me a little bit about how your own community, um, define community however you want, but how your community makes a difference in your success, um, be it the, the place you live or the professional community, whichever side you want. Um, but, but how does that, that impact your work and you? Yeah. When I think about community, honestly, this is the first thing that comes to mind for me is my very small community of my, my nuclear family. Um, And I think particularly for a lot of women entrepreneurs and women CEOs, that nuclear family is really impactful and important for your success as a professional. And um, my husband is an incredibly supportive partner. He stayed home with my kids when I was had a career as an attorney. We started a business together, but I always kind of ran them. He does way more of the work around the house than I do, you know. And without that kind, that community within my own home of him and my kids who have grown up seeing me as an entrepreneur recognizing the strong ups and downs of that. You know, I see other people who don't have that in their nuclear family and the very difficult challenges that it creates for them. So that has made my road to success as an entrepreneur and a and CEO and business owner so much smoother to have that close support. And then of course, community grows out from beyond that. But, you know, you have to have that, that really tight, nuclear community as a stepping off point, I think, and particularly important for women CEOs, whether that is a husband, a partner, uh, a best friend. And and I would say that my partner, Donna Harris, I would include in that as well. And both of us being women and raising families, taking care of parents at the same time, balancing all of that. um, We're very, we're on the same page about that. And that definitely is something that both of us have not experienced at all times in our careers (laughs) and uh, makes it, um, you know, just a better environment in which to thrive as a professional. Yeah, those partnerships within the family, within the business partnership as well, I think I agree are, are essential to it. One of the things I see when we when I work with communities across the country is that there are places where that community of business owners really support each other or an individual family will support each other. But when we can really get that infrastructure of the community around those small business owners, it's, it's when they can really thrive as opposed to keep going it alone, which I know I'm sure you see as you work across the country as well. Yeah. One of the things that uh, comes up in a lot of conversations recently is it's what's going on with our, our young professionals these days. And, and how, what kind of advice would you give to young professionals, um, people coming out of high school, people coming out of college, and really looking at um, what their opportunities are today and how to get to where you are as an aspirational goal? What kind of advice would you give them? Advice that I give to people young people today is one get familiar with the incredible opportunity that the low code no code ai world is putting at your feet um it used when i tried to build a website an email list you know social media all kinds of things with my first businesses that took outside consultants coders money to do that now you can doing a snap, you know, like the possibilities for 
uh, launching something that is an idea in your head are so much more democratized, so much more cost um, cost cost uh, accessible and inexpensive now. And a lot of people are still not taking, I think, the best advantage of them. So just whether you have an idea right now or not, get get sign up for newsletters, try free trials, like get on some, you know, listen to some podcasts, follow some people on Instagram who are playing around with all these tools that are out there. So you can start seeing those possibilities. So if you have that idea that, you know, at some point you want to do or start a business or a side hustle, you know what's out there. Um, and you can make that path for yourself something that's easier to take. Um, so I'm so excited about all the stuff that's out there. I'm always, uh, you know, sending things to my own kids who are teenagers and like, I can't believe that. I'm like, the oh, in my day, you know, <laughs> but those opportunities are incredible. And even if you're not going down an entrepreneurial path and you're taking a job, to be able to come to your boss, to be able to come to your manager and say, did you know that this copy AI tool will review our website um, language and give us updates based on Google trends right now of how we can improve it for SEO? Look, I just pressed a button and it did it. Like, that's a pretty wow factor that would have been an SEO expert that you hired for $10,000 even two years ago. I love that idea about thinking about the latest skill set as the competitive edge. I think when I graduated, it was um, GIS mapping that was still command based, and so <laughs> we've got we've we've come a long way from that. But I I love the focus on what are those skills that most people aren't going to have that you can acquire through podcasts, through webinars, through newsletters because it is changing so quickly. Yeah. On the flip side of that, what kind of challenges do you think are coming, especially for our small businesses? I think it looks like there's a lot of energy going into entrepreneurship right now. There's a lot of energy going into investing into Black and Hispanic small business owners, which is fantastic. Um, but there's also a lot of wins that I'm seeing where people who made it through the pandemic, particularly small scale manufacturing, are really struggling right now. Um, I, I'd love to hear from you a little bit about where you see the challenges coming in the next year. Um, and and what are some of the things that we can do to get ahead of that? Yeah, I, I think two things on the entrepreneurial front challenges in the sort of entrepreneurial ecosystem. Like the first being the entrepreneurship in America is still too venture capital centric and venture capital focused. And um, because of that, there are um, there are too many people who are being left out of entrepreneurial opportunities because they don't have venture capital uh, appropriate ideas. And on the other side, there's too many people who are taking venture capital who should not be and are ending up in a really difficult financial place because of that. So we're, we're still too venture capital centric. Founders and entrepreneurs don't fully understand the, the other opportunities out there for funding or to just like grow a traditional business that makes a profit, you know? Uh, <laughs> it's honestly something that I have had a number of people say, I hadn't thought about that to me before. Um, uh, yeah, what if we did ran the numbers and it turned out in six months, you could be making a profit. Do you need venture capital yet there? Um, so that's the first problem. And then I think the second problem is that that we see is 
while there has been an influx in funding, it's often, um, particularly I think for small and medium-sized businesses, it's often funding without a support structure, without helping people to be able to get the frameworks and the tools and the strategies that they need to be successful. And a, a lot of those frameworks and tools and strategies that do exist for our small and medium-sized businesses are candidly, they're outdated. Um, the landscape in which you can operate and run a business now is just very different from the digital world, social media, low-code, no-code tools. All kinds of things have changed, and we still are giving people advice from you know, 8, 10, 12 years ago that's it's just not applicable. So we're, checks are great, but you know, checks without the right support. Um, and folks, like you shouldn't necessarily know how to do these things. No one's taught most of this stuff in school. And so we need to, we need the upgrade and update um, the support that we provide for people so that they can use any funds that are available most effectively. They look at the old, the old school environment, as you talk about, I see it in marketing still where, you know, we're going to have three posts a week only, Right. We're going to do these things where it doesn't work in social media, where there's agencies reaching these companies that have the venture funding. They have money, mar their marketing money set in stone. This is what we're going to spend. And yet they're going into the digital. They're going in thinking they're doing the digital age where they're basically just throwing that money away versus you're right. We could they use AI or they can use another agency that's going to really look at the future of what social media is. Yeah. A lot of times to say, well, we're, we're doing the marketing, but really they haven't looked at all those aspects. That's why having a resource like you and other people available for them to understand those things, because you might be spending money here where you can really use a lot of automation that's available now. So okay. there's so much out there with a resource like you. Yeah. Well, thank you, Kathleen, so much for joining us today. It's a pleasure to have you here. and to have you speak about builders and backers and about your experience just overall as a woman CEO. Um, it's It's been a pleasure to talk with you today. Um, and thank you for joining us at Women CEOs and Reflection podcast uh, as your guest host, Ilana Pruce um, and Neil Haley. Thank you so much for being such an awesome co-host and producer today. Uh, thank you. Okay. Thanks for having me. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Women CEO in Reflection. To reach out to one of our guests, their contact is in the description of the show. Do you want a total mindset transformation? Apply to Mindset Warrior, The Art of Intentional Thinking, my personal coaching boot camp at IamAMindsetWarrior.com and schedule your call with me today. Thank you.